Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider... And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, it's been a minute. What have you been up to? I've I've done a lot of things since the last time we talked. Uh, what have I been doing? I went to Abilene. I went to Odessa. Playing some shows. Playing some shows. How are the shows going? Shows been going good. Uh, did a couple band shows on the road, which is rare. Most of my road shows are solo. So did a couple band shows, and then I played somebody. And who all's in the band now? It is um, John Sanchez on guitar, Bruce Hughes on bass, Kyle Thompson on drums, Ollie, of course, on various instruments. Well, that sounds like a good time. Great band. It is a good band. And what have you been doing? Uh, well, I'm finally off the road until like January. So I've been laying low, working on podcasts, writing songs. Uh, the NBA started. I did go see Kiss. And man, they were great. God, they were great. And I read the internet a lot, unfortunately. And the internet, half the people on the internet say that it stinks. That they're washed up. That Paul Stanley's lip syncing. That it's bullshit. And then I went and saw it and I was like, this is as good as anything I've ever seen. And they were better than when I saw them in 1997. So I was like, this doesn't make sense. How could half the internet be wrong? Anyway, they were great. I was supposed to go see them when they were in Austin. They were just in Austin last night, maybe? I know they were been in Texas this last couple of days. Anyways, they were. Uh, it was either last night or the night before. Conrad texted me, and he's like, hey, man, are you here at KISS? And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. Because I was supposed to, I was going to take Scarlet. And uh, her her buddy was going to go with her dad, but they moved. They moved. They've since moved to Boise, so I don't think they were in town for the unless they flew into town and didn't tell us. Anyways, either way, Scarlett was out of town. I didn't know they were here, so I missed it. But I I've seen them twice, and they yeah. were it was amazing. They were amazing both times I saw them. So I don't know if I need to see him again. And then I saw I was on the Kiss Cruise, and I saw him three more times on the Kiss Cruise. So I've seen him. You've seen it. I, I think for me, I hadn't seen them since 2000. And then this is like the last time they're going to – this is their end of the road tour. Now, whether or not that's true. I mean, the last time I saw them, believe it or not, in 2000, you know what that tour was called? The end. Uh, the end of – yeah, whatever, the, the farewell tour. And that was 23 right. years ago. When I was 16. I'm going to start saying all of my tours of the farewell tour just to drum up business and see what happens. Well, it does really seem like it's the end this time. I mean, they were looking pretty old. I mean, even Gene, when he did the whole God of Thunder thing, he did it sitting down. It was interesting. One of the most fascinating things about the show was Paul's son opened. He's in a band called Amber Wild. He sounds exactly like Paul, dude. What's up, people? We're Amber Wild. He says the band name about 55 times. Uh, surprisingly, though, pretty good. Pretty good showman. Obviously, young dummies, but came out there in arena crowd, did the best they could. It was nice. Big hair. 
Yeah, he's got a big old fro. Good looking kid. No, no makeup. No. Well, Paul Stanley was arguably the best looking guy in the band. Like he he was the only guy that could like get away with not wearing makeup. Really? Is that true? Oh, dude. Ace Freely looked like a monster. He looked um, horrible without makeup. Uh Gene Simmons was is no you know he's no unless you're kid. into yeah. he's he's handsome if you know that he's Gene Simmons, but if if he comes up to you and he's a janitor, you're not going out with Gene Simmons. I feel like I have this conversation with my wife, and it, it I feel like she doesn't understand what I'm trying to say. I'll be like, hey, is James Hetfield attractive? And I'll show her like pictures of him through the years. And she's like, no, no, not no, at all. I'm like, I'm not, like okay. He's, no, he's not attractive at all. Yeah, I'm like, look, I get it. Most men aren't. I'm, I get it. I'm saying, but knowing that he's James Hetfield. And she's like, well, I don't like Metallica. I'm like, yeah, but doesn't matter. No, you know who James Hetfield is. The only time she's gonna, the only way she would find him attractive is if she went to a Metallica show and then she saw him at a Metallica show. Then she would be like, "Oh yeah, he's pretty attractive." Has she ever seen him in front of like thirty thousand people? No, she hasn't seen the power. But that's what happens if you see if you're a woman and you see somebody and thirty thousand people are paying attention to him, you're gonna be like, "Mm, "That guy's attractive." Well, look, I'm as straight as they come, you know, and uh, and I'm attracted to him, so. Um, I am going to see Metallica two nights this weekend in St. Louis. I'm going to Friday and Sunday, which might be the last time I ever see them. Are you going up there alone or what? I got a buddy that's going to meet me there. And then I've got a bunch of podcasts like friends that are going to maybe, I mean, maybe 20 or 30 podcast friends that are going to be there. So I'm driving up solo, but I'm I'm driving into a friendly zone. And then uh, I've got to hook up with the band that's giving me Snake Pit for both nights. So I'll be in the, I'll be in the thick of it. Nice. I'm pretty excited about it. In between, they do Friday and Sunday in these stadiums. In between, James Hetfield, this is really rare because he doesn't do a lot of meet and greet stuff. He's got a book coming out, like a coffee table type book of all of his guitars and uh, where he talks about his guitars and there's great pictures of them and stuff. He's doing a book signing, limited tickets. It's like a meet and greet and I bought one of those. So I'm going to get to shake James Hetfield's hand this weekend. How much were those tickets? Hundred bucks for you get the book, you get a ticket to the event where he talks about the book, and then there's like a quick meet and greet. Like we'll be in a line, a cattle call. It's not like I get to go hang out with him, have a coffee. Pretty but cheap. I agree. Worth they, every they, penny. They could have charged a lot more than that. I mean, the stuff that Kiss does. Have you seen the stuff that they do? I thought you were going to say two hundred fifty bucks. No, hundred bucks, and and it came with two tickets, so I get to take a friend. Oh wow! But you but get one s- book. One book, two tickets, bring a buddy, uh, limited seats. They only sold 400 of them. So 800 seats or 400, 400 tickets for 800 seats? or Yeah, it's 800 seats. They sold 400 tickets. I'm trying to find the stuff that KISS sells at their shows. Well, KISS sells all kinds of stuff. Like they sell, like they'll sell you the bass that Gene Simmons played for like $20,000. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were like 10, but yeah, 20. Of course. I, I mean, mean, I said 20, but it's probably 10. And you get a meet and greet. He'll sign it in front of you. You know, what's funny is I'm like looking this up right now. Really hard to find it. Like hard to find where they sell this shit. Because <laughs> it's interesting. They like specifically target it to like older members of their audience who have the jangle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Countdown to Kiss's final show. 33 days, 8 hours, 44 minutes. December 2nd at Madison Square Garden. Wow. 
also a lot of people at the show wearing shirts that have Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer on them. And it just makes you wonder, like, how many people really know even that Ace and Peter aren't even there? You know what I mean? I mean, I know both those guys, and I didn't even know their names. So <laughs> I would say very few people. <laughs> so, it's so brilliant because no one cares. Yeah, nobody cares. I'm going to spend just a few more seconds trying to find this thing because this. I think they even sell like stage-used microphones. You know, they'll come out and play a song on one guitar. Talk about farewell tours. I just did a gig. It was like a charity gig. And the stage manager is George Strait's stage manager and has been for 45 years. Okay. And I was like, I thought George, like George Strait a few years ago had a big final farewell concert at yeah. Cowboy Stadium. Sold yeah, it out. Yeah. 100,000 tickets. Big final show. That was like four or five years ago. He's played at least 50 shows since then like big shows all over and and i was like so oh so i meet this guy super nice guy i didn't know who he was we're talking we're talking so i'm like so what do you do besides you know like doing sound at this charity gig that i'm doing right now which was us and the bellamy brothers and he's like well and he tells me and i'm like oh shit i'm like are you guys still doing gigs i thought george retired and he's like yeah we've got eight gigs coming up like there's we're playing a giant just football stadiums everywhere we're gonna do eight more and i'm like is that it after that And he's like well i'm not sure probably not and he and he also said they do all these corporate gigs so kiss even though that's going to be their final public show kiss will continue to do giant corporate shows for millions of dollars yeah how could they not uh, yeah i mean they like making that dough and if you don't, if you, dude, you know how it is. If you don't play for a while and then you play, it's so fun to play. It's only, it stops being fun if you've played like 15 shows in the last 15 days and you're like, what am I doing? But if you haven't played for a month and then you get up there and play, you're like, oh, this is so fucking cool. Well, it's why these guys can't retire because it's just not a job you can really retire from. You just never, it's like a drug almost. Yeah. And it's, and it's all you know and all you're really good at. Yeah, if you're a dude and you're not doing something, it's not a good feeling. So I'm at paulstanleyguitars.com and you can buy you can buy these guitars, okay? He's got the Iceman, the classic black Iceman 7000, a classic Iceman stage played with a strap 10,000. Gibson custom flying V stage played with a strap $35,000. <laughs> uh black sparkle stage play guitar with strap eleven thousand. I mean this go. is wild. Final tour cracked mirror stage play guitar and strap twenty thousand dollars. And then it says select options. Let's see what this does. I mean, do you think he's really selling these? Oh, dude, he's he sells art, he sells everything, dude. Those guys are just making money. All of his art are pictures of him playing his own guitar oh so this so the options you get when you click on the scroll down are the options from every city well actually they're all sold out so the only options you can get now are from upcoming shows oh yeah people are gonna buy all these guitars 
See this beautiful guitar rocked on stage just for you, then take it home. What you get, a Paul Stanley final tour black and blue cracked mirror Ibanez guitar played for one song at the show you attend. Includes hard shell case. Meet and greet. You and up to three guests will meet Paul Stanley. Bring your camera for photos of you and your guitar. After the show, you pick up your guitar and take it home. Signing. Paul will sign the guitar. Paul will also sign four collectibles of your choice. There's a funny anecdote that someone told me recently about Paul Stanley is that they saw him out like in the wild, you know? Hey, Paul, and, you know, will you take a picture? And he said to them, haven't I done enough? Haven't I given you enough? Because he was out with like his family or something. I'm like, hey, can right. I get a picture? And he said, haven't I given you enough? I'm like, wow. It's true. He's he's given himself to the public his whole adult life. And that's what he traded for. He's paid well to do that. But I guess if you're they're they're like winding it all down, I don't know. It's an interesting time. Well, I got recognized coming back from the airport yesterday and uh felt pretty good. I was on the I was on the uh the shuttle to the parking lot and some lady across from me was like, are you Bob Schneider? And I'm like, yeah, I am. Oh, I'm a huge fan. And so is my husband. I'm like, oh, cool. And then there was another couple on the bus and they were like, oh, you're Bob Schneider. Oh, we love your music. And I'm like, damn, two random couples that know who I am. Now, granted, we're in Austin. It's not like we're in Calgary or something or fucking Barcelona. But it turns out that that other couple was that lady's mother. So didn't really count. Well, I had a guy tweet at me because he saw me in the airport. A podcast guy. Hey, just saw you in the Austin airport. Didn't want to bug you. Big fan. I was like, what? People recognizing you makes sense to me. Recognize you from the Metal Up Your Ass podcast? Well, it's called Metal Up Your Podcast. Yeah, they did. That's what it was. <laughs> I left the podcast part out. You've called it Metal Up Your Ass for like six years. I mean, it's a Freudian slip. What can I say? Right. You're sitting on a metal egg right now. I know. I mean, I've had a metal egg in my butt at least 98% of the time that we've been recording podcasts. Here's another crazy thing that happened to me since we haven't talked. We live about 40 minutes north of Nashville now in this beautiful uh, paradise called Hendersonville. I love it. I love being up here. Uh, But that's a 40-minute Uber ride from the airport now. So I get this Uber, and the lady outside the car already has Jesus shit outside the car, like Jesus magnets. I'm like, here we go. I mean, here we go, because that's what it's come to. If you see someone advertising that kind of thing outside their car, you can make certain assumptions about what they're going to be like. And so I get in the car, more Bible stuff everywhere. It's like Bibles, just loose Bibles. And of course, we get into a conversation about religion. She says, are you Christian? She's real yappy and talky. I've been flying all morning. I just flew in from LA. You know what that's like. Is this an Uber driver? This is an Uber driver. I'm home from LA, four-hour flight. Got it. Okay. Four-hour early flight. You know, I'm up with at loose, th- bi- loose Bibles in the Uber. Yeah. So I'm up at 4.30 in the morning to get to LAX. I'm on the plane by 6.30. Four-hour flight. It's, it's 1 p.m. at home. I'm tired. I get in. 
Jesus Bible stuff everywhere. And, and you know, when you see that, you know this person's crazy for Christ. This person's goo-goo-ga-ga for Christianity. Yeah, because CFC. you don't you don't do that. She's obviously not a normal person. She's been activated. I knew that before I got in the goddamn car, Bob. She's ACVC. <laughs> Active, so we, activated crazy for Christ. So we get in and she's trying to relate to me because I know what she's doing. She's trying to wait for that little window to talk to to bring Jesus into my life. Yeah, yeah. And she says, "Well, are you a Christian?" And I have this thing where I never want to lie about it cuz I think it's important that people out there know that everyday people are like atheists. No, like I'm not wishy-washy about it. I'm not pussyfooting about it. I'm very much not a Christian. But it's and I said to her, I said I'm an atheist. I said, "But listen, it's no big deal." I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad at God. I think it's cool that you love this thing. But I am most certainly an atheist. And because I kind of thought she'd be like, oh, okay. He doesn't really want to talk about it. Oh, well, boy, was I wrong. No. You got to oh. lie. To people like that, you just got to lie and say, yes, I'm a Christian and I'm down with Christ. I ended up saying things in the Uber that I, I've never said to an Uber driver. I'll get to that in a second. But she said, well, can I ask you why you're... I said, you know, I was an evangelical Christian for 10 years, took it very seriously, as seriously as you can imagine. Read the Bible several times, studied the Bible, went to Bible college, wanted to be a pastoral counselor, went on mission trips, went door to door in my own neighborhood with kids I went to high school with and sat in their living rooms awkwardly preaching the gospel of Jesus to them. Like at much social shame and scrutiny, I was very much a devout evangelical Christian. Well, what can I ask? What what made you change your mind? And I said, you know, it's just going to be more than I can get into in this ride. You know, I was like, it's it's like any big decision in your life. It's you can't just point to one thing. And I said, well, you know, I started. I, I said I, I got into it when I was young and vulnerable, and honestly, I didn't know a lot about the world, and came from a you know broken home, and this thing kind of slid right into those cracks in my life, made me feel good. As I learned more about the world. And traveled and read books. It didn't make any sense to me anymore. And I try to believe things that make sense that correlate with my observable reality. And I said, you know, I studied the Bible pretty, pretty diligently. And when I learned about how the Bible was put together and all the discrepancies and all the politics involved, I realized that none of us know what God said. And if we don't know what God said, you you can't believe you can't orient your life around an ideology if you don't really even know what God said. Man, guess how much she liked all that? She didn't hear any of that. <laughs> she heard it. She didn't like it. She said, well, God never lies. God's not inconsistent. There's no discrepancies in the Bible. She's like, everything in the New Testament was prophesied, and it, it all came true. And I said, yeah, but the prophecies were in the Old Testament. And she's like, yeah. I said, so Old Testament contains prophecies. So whoever put those books together, then whoever wrote and made up all the stories in the New Testament just wrote in the fulfillment of those prophecies. She's like, no, 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 no. Just, you know, just denial. And she started, she said, uh, at some point I said, hey, I don't want to talk to you about this anymore. I was like, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to be rude. I've just had a long morning and we're not going to agree. It's just not going to be a productive conversation. She's like, well, can I tell you what Jesus has done in my life? And I said, no. <laughs> I really, I swear to God, I said, no, thanks. I'm not, I said, I'm not interested. Yeah. 
And uh, and I was like, I really am not trying to offend you. I'm just, I just don't want to talk to you about this. I don't know how else to say it, but I'm, I'm terminating this conversation currently. And then we just sort of rode in silence. And she, uh, she kind of took it. She took that part okay. She started talking about family. She was like, Oh, how old's your daughter or whatever? And I'm like, Okay, we can talk about my daughter. As we're pulling into my driveway, we have a bunch of Halloween decorations because we celebrate. As we're pulling in, I know this bitch is going to get triggered by the shit in my driveway. And I said, hey, listen, there's a bunch of Halloween stuff in my house, but we're not Satanists or anything. It's just fun. I don't believe in the devil, but there's like fun stuff all in my yard. We pull up and she goes, well, you know all of this is witchcraft, right? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Have a good evening. Thank you. Uh, and then she gave me one star. I, I went in and told Isabel. I said, this, this bitch proselytized to me about Jesus the whole time. I had to actually shut down the whole convo. And, I, and Isabel was like, give her, give her one star. It's unprofessional. It's not cool. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give her five stars because I don't care. You know, like I'd rather just do something nice for her. I gave her five stars and then I saw my rating go down. Yeah. Again, take it from a pro. When the chick with the loose Bibles in her Uber says, are you a Christian? Your only answer is, oh, yes. The Lord Jesus Christ is my guide guide and savior. And um, what else? How's your family? But then she's going to want to talk about, because there's no way to win. If, no, you say, if you say, I'm an atheist, okay, well, then it's combative. No, even though it's, like, even you, though it's like you then, asked me. No, then you do, uh, yeah, Christ is my Lord and Savior. Oh, hold on, I'm getting a call. Hello? Oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm in this Uber driver. Oh, you you have a passage out of the Bible that you need to read me right now? Okay, I'm listening. Sorry, I got to take this call. <laughs> is this going to take a while, this passage out of the Bible? Oh, it's going to take as long as this Uber ride? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. I really wanted to talk to you about Christ, but um, this friend of mine's reading this Bible passage. It's going to take me about 15 minutes. All right, go ahead. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the prayer position. I can receive you in my heart, yes. Okay, keep going. Okay. Oh, yeah. I start masturbating. <laughs> she looks back and you're just stroking your dick in the back of this fucking Uber. She's like, what's, what's going on? I'm like, well, I was, I was, I was triggered. By I guess I just sometimes think that like, I guess sometimes I just think that nice things are possible with interactions with people. And then it's like, oh, that was really ugly for all, for everyone involved, you know, like, that didn't go well, and I had I had the best of intentions. I wasn't trying to use her. I wasn't trying to make her believe what I believe. It was the other way around. She was using me unprofessionally. I still just wanted to treat her like a human being, and then she punished me for it. I was like, ugh, this sucks. Can't win sometimes. <sighs> sometimes you just can't win. I guess that's a, an important lesson of life, isn't it? What did I, who did I watch yesterday? I watched some football game that was unbelievable. Oh, Kansas City. Did you watch that Kansas City game? I heard they lost, and it made me happy. I mean, I, I love Kansas City Chiefs, so I uh, I was watching it with a friend of mine who's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I like watching them because Patrick Mahomes, but anyways, they played terribly, and they lost to the Denver Broncos, Horrible who are just a trash team. Um, It was incredible, like. I couldn't even believe it. It was weird watching it. It was a weird day of football. I watched a well, lot Patrick of football. Well, Patrick Mahomes wasn't there. I mean, that team, it exposed it exposed that team without him. No, he it, was there. He played the whole he, game. 
Oh, I thought he had the already had the flu or something. He had the flu, but he still played. Yeah. Well, there you go. He had the flu. Oh, Although, I didn't. I remember hearing that he had the flu. I I remember somebody talking about it at the airport, and and but they were like, oh, but he's still going to play. And yeah, they didn't play great. Oh, well, that makes sense. That team's only as good as him. I mean, most teams are only as good as their quarterbacks. Uh, that makes sense. But Travis well, Kelsey played like shit without him. Well, he he played the whole game, and there were a lot of dropped passes. There was there were two or three interceptions though, so that makes sense. Yeah, he was he was not feeling well. Unlike Michael Jordan, who wins when he has the flu, still finds a way know. to get that W. I mean. Come playoff season, they're going to be the team to beat for sure. If if he's healthy, they're going to be the team to beat. I will say this: I watched that Eagles game. The Eagles are no joke. Yeah, the Eagles are awesome because the Eagles got behind with the Washington Commanders, worst name in the world. How do you feel about that Redskins name change? I mean, you can probably guess how I feel about that. Don't don't care. I think it's bullshit. You think they should still be called the Washington Redskins? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, a bunch of guy, white people. It's a bunch of white people who are trying to decide what's what hurts other people's feelings. Well, this guy that I was watching the game with, um, he I asked him about it because he's a younger guy and he's a super nice guy. He lives in Portland, and uh, I was like. What do you, how do you feel about it? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they changed the name. But I'm not crazy about commanders. I'm like, okay. And then I was like, but it's not like, it's not, I mean, I don't know. I guess the, I, again, I don't have a problem with Redskins, but, you know, I guess if you break it down, it's, they're talking about Indians. I was with another parent recently, not with our kids, but we were talking about something. And I said Indians. I said sitting down Indian style, and they go, uh, "It's crisscross applesauce." And I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And she goes, "You said Indian style on purpose. You know it's crisscross applesauce. You just refuse to say it." I was I've like, never Whoa. had crisscross applesauce in my life. That's what they say now to kids. Like that's what they call sitting Indian style. They here's say what criss- I, crisscross. What, if I heard that, I'd be like crisscross, kiss my ass. I was that's just. I'd say. Well, here's the deal. I, I just didn't know. I didn't think of it. I just called it any style my whole life. And when she said uh, crisscross applesauce, it wasn't even like I was like, ooh, gross. That's stupid. I was like, oh, okay, yes, whatever, crisscross applesauce. I couldn't remember to say that. And they said, uh, you said that on purpose. You you intentionally didn't say crisscross applesauce. Like, got really combative about it. I'm like, no, that's – you want to fight internet wars in the real world, and the real world ain't like that. I don't Dude, I, I don't wish care. I could- I wish I could have this interactions with these people that you're having interactions with. This uh, dude, just you telling me that, uh, dude, I'm salivating. I'm just like, it's I weird want- when it happens to you, though. You you think you know what to say, but when it happens right. to you, when you're confronted with it, you're it, like, what? it is true. When you hear about it after the fact, you've got all these fancy answers. When it happens to you at the time, you're like, what? Huh? Like, what it are we does come. About? It does come so unexpectedly when it comes at you. I was, I mean, I was at a show recently, and, and after the show, this lady comes up to me and she's like, How are you with Jesus? And I was like, I'm great. I love Jesus. Like, but she came at me hard, and I knew, like, I'm like, I, I, I love Jesus. He's my favorite superhero. And she's like, No, but how are you really? I'm like, I'm great. 
I use them in all my songs. We're we're in good terms, me and Jesus. I'm excited to meet him when I die. We're all good. She's like, well, I'm going to pray for you. I'm like, great. Sounds good. Now leave me alone. Yeah. But I like the Indian. The Indian thing is always weird because for a while, I mean, not for a while, I guess now you're supposed to save like native people or the original people or whatever, but Indians call themselves Indians. The, the, the Indians of North America, they call themselves Indians. That's what they call themselves. So if they're going to call themselves Indians, I'm going to call them Indians. In my experience, the, these people, you know, my gay, my gay friends, I'm not saying I have a lot of people like this in my life, but the gay people in my life that I'm actually friends with, the black people in my life I'm actually friends with, like people, women that I'm actually friends with, very few of them are as upset about, in, in real life, or as upset about things that are on the internet as white guilty people want them to be. And they get to decide how people are victimized. Well, I was I was talking to my gay cousin and we were talking about I don't know what we were talking about, but as soon as we started talking, the thing that the 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 revelation that I had talking to him was because he lives in San Francisco, he's married to another gay man. They're all of their friends are gay. They're in that bubble. And the thing, the realization that I came up with very quickly having that conversation with him was there's lots of things, lots of perspectives that I'm not familiar with or privy to that these, that he has, like, I could think that I know what he's thinking or how he's going to react to, you know, homophobic shit or whatever. But the thing I realized was like, oh, there's all kinds of shit that I just don't know about that world even though i think i do and so yeah. i assume that that's the case in all things like so all i know is being a white dude white man in a you know an american white man so i have my perspective and then i mean i think i believe me i think i know what everybody's thinking and i think i know everything about everything but i have to remind myself like I really don't, even though I think I do, I just don't know what is going on. I will say this though about the whole like you're like I the word that I cannot say, I can't use the queer word. Like there's so much in my life, there's so much baggage with the word queer. Like all of the homosexuals now use that like when they're talking about being homosexual, like being queer. I'm like Whatever that is, I can't, I'm just always going to say gay. It'd be like saying Negro or something like, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I can't say queer. It's too much. Well, even in the, I mean, I just read a really, really great book about culture war stuff by Douglas Murray called The Madness of Crowds. And it's only four chapters. The chapters are gay, women, race, and trans. This is a British gay dude who wrote it. And man, he, he just so clearly untangles a lot of these issues and he talks specifically about the evolution of terms in the gay community he talks a lot about the word queer and how there's a lot of division within the community about how to use that word for themselves you know a very uh, unquiet subset of that community don't want everything being because queer can also just mean not heteronormative so now queer is being like a catch-all so you got your just normal like gay dudes who are like, we're not queer. 
that's not you know what i mean like the lgbt world is just being it, you just keep adding letters to it until it's just losing any kind of meaning so there's whole subsets of people in those communities that don't want anything to do with the trans part of it that think the trans part's crazy there's whole subsets of those people that are like people in drag and libraries for kids we don't want anything to do with that shit well, so no, no, I mean, nobody put it better than than Dave Chappelle when he's like, you've got this car, it's called the Alphabet car, and you've got all these different groups in it. You've got the lesbians, the gays, the trans, the, and he goes, no, none of those people want to hang out with each other. Right. No, no, they don't want to be in that car together. Michelle Wolf had a great bit about that. She's she's like, you know, women really fucked up by befriending the gay guy. And so we, sh- we should have befriended the lesbians, but we didn't, you know, like women always have like a gay friend, you know? Yeah. She was like, if we had befriended like the lesbians, they'd be like, hey, come over here. We built this society that, that works perfectly. It's efficient and egalitarian and beautiful. And we're like, no, we're over here with the gay men. And then she's like imitating her gay male friend who's like, you're fucking ugly. <laughs> she's like, that's my best yeah, friend. That's, that's a pretty good joke. He, he, he loves me. He just loves me in a different way. Every woman I've told that joke to laughs at that because it's fucking yeah. funny, dude. It's funny. Uh, speaking of funny, we got to get the secret weekly. I do want to talk about something. I'm going to bring up. Remember the days when we got kicked out of South by Southwest for being too white? Yeah. I'm going to bring that back up a little bit in the secret weekly. If you want to join us in the secret weekly, it's uh, patreon.com slash IOK. And we'll see you there now. Bang. Bye. Bye. <laughs>